You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Finally, we've got some significant things to talk about on the Charlotte Hornets front. Until yesterday and today, really. We didn't even get to talk about it yesterday. We only talked about the free agents available, but a couple of them have popped up now within the rumors of the interest of the Charlotte Hornets, and they even made a signing. It's no longer just Ish Smith anymore. The Charlotte Hornets reportedly agreed to a two-year deal worth $26 million with Kelly Oubre, who played with the Golden State Warriors last season. That would come in at about $13 million a season. You're also talking about them using up pretty much all of their cap space that was available. There are some avenues that you could take to possibly land Laurie Markin and st- uh, still in any kind of sign and trade that you might want to initiate with Chicago. And I just saw a report literally five minutes ago from Chris Haynes, I yeah. believe I want to get that right. Um, but Laurie wants out of Chicago. Essentially, he wants to get a new start somewhere else. And I was looking at some of the tweets around Lori, like what Chicago, the fans feel about Lori. They're done yeah, with they the man. They I mean, they, they're, they have soured on Lori. And that was a guy I think most people really liked at the beginning. He got hurt, was out for a little while, but they're completely done with Lori Markinen. And apparently his agent is saying that they've got a couple of different teams that are interested in him. I don't know. This is still the agent and the party that said, we're going to have a ton of suitors after us. And they turned down some bigger offers reportedly even after that. Either way, there are some avenues via sign and trade that you could still land Laurie Markin. And although it's probably pretty slim, we shouldn't completely rule it out, but it's slim. Either way, Nada, we got Kelly Oubre to talk about. And I mean, the nickname is just so phenomenal. I'm glad (laughs) to have that a part of Charlotte, at least for uh, for the time being overwhelming content. Let's try to figure out how to dissect this, right? So first let's talk about the signing two years, 13 million, a pop 26 total as it stands right now, Steve Reed, he tweeted out of the associated press that he can't confirm the signing as of yet. There's still some moving parts at play. I quote tweeted that and said, I think it's probably golden state one looking to initiate a sign and trade with Charlotte in order to trade uh, in order to create that trade exception, not unlike what Boston did with Gordon Hayward. And then also you have to try to figure out how to create roster room in order to grab and bring on a Kelly Oubre. The Martin twins are the first guys you go to as far as creating roster room, maybe a Nick Richards, even though his money's guaranteed could still do it, I guess, but it's the Martin twins. And I guess McDaniels, I, I'd be pissed, McDaniel, but we'll move on from that. Um, can we? Can we? Let's move on. Go go ahead. I, I, let's get to that in just a moment. I just want to get your first thoughts about Ubre coming on with this team as it's reported as it stands currently, and the contract handed out to him. I really do love this deal. It makes a lot of sense. The Hornets needed a, an adult to solidify that bench. Kelly Ubre does a lot of things at the three and potentially a substitute for the primary thing I think about him is 
We know that Gordon Hayward cannot stay healthy. That is a thing that is not necessarily a bug anymore. That is a feature. So if you're going to give an additional bit of rest to a Gordon Hayward, if you want to load management, manage him now, now you're not putting additional stress on a guy like Miles Bridges, asking him to learn both the three and the four. Now it's just get in where you fit in. And for me, that's where the Tsunami Poppy Kelly Oubre fits perfectly. I, I like the fit with him, Book Knight, and whomever starts between Bridges and PJ and whoever comes off the bench. That is a nice eight-man rotation, and that's before we get into the fact that you're going to have at least a Martin Twin and another center. I really do like this rotation, and he fits absolutely perfectly. I don't care about the money as much, especially if it's a two-year deal with a player option. A lot of this feels like a like really, really good business, and I like, again, this is why sometimes you just need to trust in Mitch. We had a couple episodes we were where we were doubters, and this is why we need to stop doing those episodes because eventually Mitch makes us look like idiots. Uh, man, yeah, you're, you're higher on this than I am. I mean, I completely disagree as far as not being able to have those episodes. I... I I don't think he fits perfectly. I, I'm, I'm lukewarm on this, uh -huh. and here's why. You know, it, well, the money's fine. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's not a disastrous contract by any means. In fact, 13 million is less than probably uh, what people expected Kelly to get out there. It, it's probably not much less, but maybe Kelly thought he was going to get a lot more. But 13 million a year is fine. If it's a two-year deal and they don't agree to do a sign and trade with Golden State then that's even better. It's an extremely tradable contract, which is really going to help them, whether it be in season to move a Kelly Oubre, maybe another team wants scoring, or maybe Charlotte's looking to upgrade. They've got money to match. It's only two years. It's not going to be this disastrous contract that any team really hesitates to bring on. Um, and if Charlotte just keeps him the duration of his deal, then he can move on. He create cap space in just a couple of seasons and expiring next year, even more valuable. The money's totally fine. I don't care about that. As far as the fit goes with this team, Nada, he is going to be really good in transition. LaMelo Ball is, I, I called him the spinach to a bunch of Popeyes out there in yes. transition. I mean, he's going to make any player running the floor better, especially when you're very athletic like Kelly Oubre is. I like his ball handling. That's good. He can bail you out in some half-court sets. The problem is, Nada, he's part of the reason that an offense can stagnate. Fair. If you look back at what this team did last year, you mentioned a million times as long as just as much as I did, they were ahead of schedule. No one saw even the LaMelo ball truthers did not expect LaMelo to perform as well as he did last year. And I don't think anybody had Charlotte, at least at any point during the season, get up and flirt with a four seed. They got some players injured, including Gordon Hayward, including LaMelo, and they fall back down to earth. And it was a disastrous end to the season. But when they were healthy, they showed you some really nice things enough to be a playoff team. I think a large part of that was because offensively, they were great at moving the basketball. They were phenomenal at that. LaMelo, of course, the best passer on the team and one of the best passers in the league. Devante, very smart passer, low turnover guy. You know what I think about Malik Monk's mm -hmm. playmaking. Miles got better as far as a playmaker. PJ's always been a fine passer, not off the dribble, but just as far as moving it, if you want him to. Yeah, he's good that way as well. Cody even developed into that role a little bit when he was out there on the floor. You lose okay. Devante, you lose Malik Monk. 
You lose Cody. You get Mason Plumley, who's a better passer than Cody Zeller. But as far as the roster looks right now, I don't want Mason Plumley out there a ton. In fact, I'd like to. I'd like him to absorb the Cody Zeller minutes or less. I don't want him playing more. You want him absorbing. So, so to, to let me clear that, cl- clarify that because would you mind if he absorbed the Bismack Biombo minutes more than the Cody Zeller minutes? Oh, I'd, that would be I. My question. You're saying combined? I mean, I. No, 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 not combined. <clears throat> but if 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 Mason Plumley is your replacement for. Bismack Biombo rather than the Cody Zeller minutes. I think you're better with what they've done. I mean, yeah, if, if we just go, right, rank these centers in order. Okay, it goes Cody Zeller, Mason Plumley, Bismack Biombo, in my opinion. You know, so okay. I, I don't, my point is Cody didn't even play all that much. James Brago would sit him. He'd get DNP CDs sometimes. I think, I think Mason should not play a, a ton. If you're asking me, who I think should be the starting lineup. And if you don't like that, who is the best lineup the Hornets could throw out there? It involves PJ Washington playing the center as the roster is constructed right now. PJ Washington is still the best center on this team. And there are some things that you could point to last year. And then even this year, PJ should be the five. If you're looking to put your best lineup out there on the floor, Um, as far as Kelly Oubre, he's just not a ball mover. So you lose Devante, you lose Malik Monk, you bring in Kelly Oubre, who his assist percentage, his, you know, his assists have only gone. I think it's, he hadn't even reached two assists per game. That's despite him playing a position where he's got the basketball in his hands quite a bit. Uh, you know, you're talking about somebody that can cut pretty well. His, his athleticism is good. And I, I like those things. But I just don't want another ball stopper out there with LaMelo. I mean, just think about how much pressure is on LaMelo to create for everyone now. Devontae could create for other people. Malik could create for other people. But who's creating for other people except for LaMelo? Like Gordon can, but he's looking to get his own shot when he creates in a half court. Miles can, you know, but, but they're all like secondary and tertiary. Like it, it's all LaMelo. And I just don't like that much responsibility being put on his plate. I like the basketball popping off of people's hands and you're not doing that with Kelly Oubre, a part of the offense. And, and the guy doesn't shoot well, you know, like it, it, the best three point shooting percentage he's ever put up is 35% on a handful per game, really the last four seasons. And it, last year it was god awful at the beginning. He he got better. I just, you know, it, look, it's fine. Like I, I I'm not crazy excited. There are some things to like, but also you got to tweak your offensive identity with the moves that you made this offseason. Yeah, no, no, I I absolutely do agree with you. And this is kind of, if if we're honest, that's another trend that we've noticed with the Hornets is something that we, it, it, like. <laughs> <laughs> did you yes, hear that? Yes, I did. We actually <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. You know what? Let the dog the dog is the natural break. Let's just take a <laughs> break did like, right now. He didn't like what I was going to say. Let's take a quick break no, and we'll come no. right back and we'll go into this trend that we don't like and therefore go go All right. go that way. The golden retrievers are not a fan of what Nada was going to say and those are the dogs. We'll take those opinions and we'll move on. We'll go to the next segment. It's Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. LaMelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two, 
how in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I, yeah. that's, that's bad. We can't allow him to create. And that's the, that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The Golden Retrievers were not a fan about whatever trend you thought the Charlotte Hornets were going to be on. Uh, I apologize for their rudeness. I have talked to them. They have to be respectful of other people's opinions. So, not I give you the floor once again, and let's try it without the interruption of any canines. What do you think this trend has been for the Charlotte Hornets this offseason? Well, not necessarily this offseason, but it's something that we've seen when they fall in love with their rookies. They fell in love with Miles Bridges late, gave him too much responsibility, and then what happened? He had a down downswing to the season. We've seen them do this with P.J. Washington last year. What happened? Gave him a little bit too much responsibility. Took him a long while to get going. He ended up getting back to his uh, previous season's averages, but it didn't look good for decent swaths of the season. We're seeing them do this again in real time because I didn't even think about the fact that there aren't as many like ball movers in terms of like – I didn't even think about that, but we're seeing them load up the rookie that they really like with a whole bunch of responsibility, seeing what they can, seeing what he can handle, and hopefully he can handle it. Because if not, we're going to be talking about a sophomore slump for Lamelo Ball, this, that, and the third. But for right now, you're right. That this is a lot of responsibility to carry that offense, and we're not even talking about at this point what's going to happen in the non-Lamelo minutes. That doesn't feel like this is going to be something that's sustainable. Yeah. Like so, when we're talking about all of this, this is a big deal because this is a trend that I know people argue with me on other things. This one, I think everybody can see. Yo, we're going to load this guy up with a whole bunch more responsibility, and some. And thus far, we've seen them overload rather than reduce a little bit of the expectations and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think Devonte was a really smart basketball player, could also be a really good decision maker in the pick and roll. I loved his passing and I've loved it ever since we kind of saw him get some minutes as a rookie. I always thought, OK, there's certainly something there. We know the three point shooting is there. You know, this team got worse in the shooting area, too. Uh, and that's that's a problem. I. I wanted this team to continue to be able to shoot the ball well, but you lose Malik who shot 40%. You lose Devante who shot 37% and you bring in Kelly Oubre who shot 32 last year as a career, like 33 or 32, something like that. And I actually have his stats in front of me right now. I can tell you, yeah, 32.6% uh, three point shooter. You know, you bring in Mason and, and Cody that, you know, none of them yeah, are, it, are shooting anyway. Again, but, in terms of, Perimeter shooting, there's nothing there for me. But and, and Book Knight, you know, Book Knight has a ways to go. And, and I like Book Knight's shot um, uh, enough. Like it wasn't good at UConn last year, but it doesn't mean it can't come along. And he shot really well in workouts. I just think that's not anything you can expect to translate or improve so much so that it's a plus or even league average next season. Agreed. You want him attacking. You want him cutting for Lamelo. You want him creating for himself in a second unit type. Um, in a type role, it's just they got worse at shooting and they got worse at ball moving. You know, they got more athletic and I wanted this team to get more athletic. Agreed. You know, that was one of the things I said, hey, let's provide after Miles and after Malik, who I always thought was going to be gone. I didn't think it'd be via renouncing the, the QO, but I always thought he was going to be gone. 
Um, look, they get Kai Jones, they get book night, they get Kelly Oubre. Boom. All right. Hey, athleticism check. Some of that is coming down the line. I, that, that, that's my hesitation. I, I, I don't want to just completely, you know, write this move off as something awful, but the Charlotte Hornets didn't make any moves early in free agency. It, you watch Rashawn Holmes for the same amount annually go to the Sacramento Kings. I believe Sacramento used too, unlikely. Yeah. Right. Need. Like that's and you, you and you use unlikely incentives, I believe, if you're Sacramento, which means if the league deems them unlikely to be reached, then that's one way to finagle the cap. And so what would be nice is if maybe I, I'm not seeing any of this reported or anything like that. But if you could see some unlikely incentives involved with the Kelly Oubre deal to maybe you could try to figure out a sign and trade with the Laurie market in and then add him to, you know, that would be somewhat intriguing. I guess my point is you waited so long. Kelly Oubre, Josh Hart, Laurie, two of them being restricted free agents. Those were the best guys on the market. And when it all started, I mean, they were pretty far down as far as the best free agents on the open market. Not awful, yeah. right? Like not awful. They're, they're fine, um, but not like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we made this move. I'm excited. And that's those are some of the problems I have with this uh, Oubre edition. Now, here's the thing in your I would say this. In your assessment of this deal, I think you've kind of made the case that this team shouldn't be done and maybe they should add marketing. Yeah. Because like you said, the shooting is a problem right now. You don't have the shooters that you need. Book night, I, I wouldn't rec- I wouldn't count on him his shooting coming back up for a reason. Um for at least this year. I th- yeah, I mean, look, a, a rookie, uh, a rookie after not a good shooting season at UConn, yeah. right? You can't you expect, can't expect that. that. At this point, I again, Kelly Oubre, maybe he be- bounces back. Maybe Miles' improvement on the shooting is in sh- terms of shooting comes up a little bit more. Maybe PJ is a little bit more consistent if he's on the roster still. And but I think in all of your assessment, you've made the case that they kind of need another shooter. And I understand that giving a guy like giving a guy like Markinen that kind of money is a lot. But at this point, you need that Davis Bertans, you need that big that's going to justify someone coming out there and putting a hand up and opening up the paint a lot more for a lot of these guys that are cutters and slashers natu- naturally and not necessarily shooters. So you kind like I really do think you kind of justified, like, if you're going to do this Ubre deal, you might as well go for marketing, too. I, I, I kind of want them to. I As I mentioned, I didn't like the Devontae sign-and-trade propose that would bring Lori Markin in when that was at least some thought out there circulating on Twitter. As far as bringing on a Markin into this team, he, he again, I, I've used it a million times. He is intriguing. Offensively, there are a lot of things to like, but let's go to the other end of the floor before we take a quick break and then talk about maybe some other positions on this or, roster. And, and there's plenty to talk about with about this move. This. We got a good question that we'll talk about in the next segment. What's the now closing lineup looking at like at with this roster? Because I, I, sure. I, do, we, think, we can get, I do think we need to discuss that. We, we can get to that in a moment for sure. Uh, before we take this break, though, I do want to talk about defensively. I also don't think that the Hornets have improved defensively this year. Yeah. Granted, it's not that Devontae and Malik were world were world beaters on that end, but also 
you don't bring in anybody that says, okay, he's going to be awesome. Now, here's the thing about Ubre defensively, right? You know, watching a little bit of film on him, I'm no master. I don't want to act like, you know, I'm the smartest dude when it comes to the Kelly Ubre uh, contingency. Um, but it seems like the masses agree that he's really good on ball and that he's good at the point of attack, but that he can be a damn liability in rotations. And so, okay, if you want to put him on a dude with the basketball that is among the better perimeter scorers for the opposition, that's great. Then he gives the basketball up and now he becomes a liability, right? Like there are so many easy ways to attack somebody that's not a good team defender. And then I think what's going to happen is he's going to be able to stay in front on some guys that are trying to drive or create a shot for themselves. And that's going to look good. And we're going to forget about the team defense where he, you know, just has some mental lapse. Like he has a lot of his career and somebody cuts and he's like, Oh hell, I missed that. And then there's a dunk, a layup, whatever. And I think that's the problem with the Ubre defense. He's got the tools, right? I mean, six, seven, that athleticism, but it, it seems to be the consensus is on ball point of attack, pretty good, but off ball can be a disaster. At yeah, absolutely. Like that is a, con- that is a legitimate concern. I, um, I, I, I don't know. Like this one, you're absolutely right about this. I really do like this. I, I, again, I like his defense. I like his on ball defense. I think on ball defending, he immediately becomes their best on ball defender. But as we've seen, if he's going to contribute to the bad rotations, then how much does he really help in the in, in the long run? I can't necessarily argue with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let's talk a little bit more about it. Plenty to get to here. But first, I want to bring up Built Bar. Built Bar has amazing flavors. All of the staples include mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, cookies and cream. So many good flavors. They're all covered in chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And I think that's what separates this protein bar, this energy bar from all the other ones. All the other ones kind of crack. They're weird. They they taste they're greasy, dry. but these are like candy. They're very dry. Yeah, they're dry. These are candy bars and they're good for you. They're low in calorie. They're low in sugar. They're high in protein and they're high in fiber. And I'll tell you this, I've never seen any collective group of people endorse truly and legitimately so a product like the Locked On Podcast Network has embraced Built Bar. It eats up about 40% of our conversations in the DMs and our group that we have on Twitter. It's amazing. You need to go try this stuff out. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We talk more Ubre signing coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless, like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed, and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, I mentioned the Steve Reed tweet where he can't confirm the signing. Don't know what to make of that. I don't know if that means anybody else is on the move. I, I Who knows? 
I made the guess that it's Golden State wanting to initiate a sign and trade. Sure. You can only do that signing a player to three years at least. And so if it's two years, maybe Golden State is kind of saying, hey, Mitch, we'll give you some assets. Can you add another year on that deal so we can get the trade exception and take on some money, even if the salaries don't match nearly as much? So I think that's probably what Golden State is wanting to do. And as you mentioned, it, they're going to have to do some roster maneuvering. We'll see exactly what happens there. Uh, I would say this, I'm trying to figure out what's more valuable, having Kelly Oubre on a two-year, $26 million deal, or having Kelly Oubre on a three-year, $39 million deal, but you're also getting assets in return. Um, I think Golden State would would put on more assets than what Boston did. And I forget what Charlotte got. In, it was a couple in of that. second round. I mean, yeah, I think I need to look that up. Um, I need to look that up. But my point being, I think Golden State would provide more, right? Because it would provide more than what Boston would. Because, yeah, Boston wanted that big boy exception to create something for a star. And maybe that's what equals it all out here. But Charlotte was always going to have to sign Gordon to at least a three-year deal. At least, at least in my opinion, Gordon was going to want to sign that three-year, four-year deal worth big boy money. So, you know, you're, you're not having to add another year on this contract for Gordon like you are with, with Kelly and, and, and talking you out of cap flexibility two years out um, and instead going for three years out. I, I guess Golden State would have to give more. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what's more valuable. Do you have anything more valuable? Nada? Is it Kelly at two for 26, no assets, or is it Kelly at three for 39 and you know, maybe some decent assets. I would say Kelly. At, uh, can I can I split the difference on this one? I hate to sit on the. F sure. Actually, no, I don't. Hate, no, that's I don't fine. I I just I just did a whole thing of fence yeah, sitting. So you so know feel what? Free. I would say a little bit of both, but I I would say Kelly Oubre with a two plus one, and I say say it like this: if that if that three for thirty nine turns into two guaranteed and a team option, I like it a lot better. Because right now, at this point, it feels like with everything that's going on, there's a, still a lot of uncertainties in terms of this roster with Terry Rozier needing a new contract, with Miles um, Bridges needing a new contract. P.J. Washington, you still have to make a decision on if he's still on the roster. Jalen McDaniels, you still need to make a decision on if he's still on this roster. There's a lot of this that's still up in the air. Having Kelly Oubre in the fold guaranteed for two years, and then if the third one is not is a player option or if it's a team option, if that's going to be the case, I would much rather having the team control in that third year rather than right now because at this point, there's still so much in flux. And having a guy under contract can allow you to do a whole bunch of different things. More importantly at this point, I would I would go with the again just the team control. Like I, I think the three year deal, provided that the team has a little bit of control, is a little bit better. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not a cap specialist. I don't think it can include a, an option year. I think it has to be three years outright. But even to your point, Nada, I think that means that 
it would grease the wheels a little bit more so in order to create some assets because you don't have that like you're giving up you can't even have this be an option year you are having to say hey we'll commit fully to one more year with kelly so maybe you get more in return also, now you talk about also, walker um maybe this has something to do with the piece a lot of moving pieces you have an andre iguodala who just announced with the new york times that he's coming back and i'm assuming that's not for the vet okay. minimum so therefore um i'm wondering if this is now a three-year deal like there's that part to this too yeah, I mean that's that's interesting, Andre. Did you like the Sham Sharania, Andre Iguodala video? <laughs> like literally, everybody. Gee, I wonder who one what of sources. Uh, gee, I wonder who one of Sham's sources was in all of this. I hope people find in their life a Woj or a Shams kind of love for free agents of all kinds out there that are looking to move on to a different team because the way that it moved the way that this happens is they've got their they've got agents as their sources and they're contacting Woj and Shams as soon as these deals are done and then they give some kind of endorsement huge upgrade for the second unit great score off of the bench really provides nice playmaking within the starting lineup they always have like their dismount line at the end of it I hope everybody out there finds the kind of love that Woj and Shams give to these free agents that sign with uh with different teams let's talk about the roster fit a little bit more so you you mentioned trying to create some room and what this does with the rotation so if you go at point guard Mm -hmm. you're talking lamello ish smith those are your two guys you go to shooting guard i think you're looking at james book knight off of the bench and this is provides flexibility, by the way. I, I I don't like pigeonholing guys at one specific position, but here we are just kind of talking about it. So Book Knight, he's also in the backcourt along with you. As of right now, we'll see what happens. But as of right now, you've got Caleb and Cody primarily playing that two-guard position as well. Then you get to really the small forward spot. That's where a Gordon Hayward and a Kelly Oubre can come in. But also, you and, and then at power forward, you've got Miles Bridges, and maybe you can have Jalen McDaniels. And then at five, you've got PJ and Mason because look, Kai Jones is not going to be a significant part of the rotation. And I guess my thing is with this Jalen McDaniels thing, he's teetering on the love for Malik Monk, right? Like it's not, it's not nearly that big, but I I really like Jalen McDaniels. The dude is almost 6'10" might be 6'10 in shoes, if I'm not mistaken. And he can play the three very well, can also play the four if you want him to. He's got so much position versatility in a team that needs shooting. Even if his percentage wasn't great last year, the guy still has provided at least enough evidence to me that he is a good three-point shooter. And also his field goal percentage overall was pretty good last season. Uh, just think about it this way. If Lamelo is driving in the paint and then he kicks out, who do you want to be on the receiving end on the three-point line of that pass? Kelly Oubre or Jalen McDaniels? I'm taking Jalen McDaniels 10 times out of 10 on who I would want between those two as far as who is shooting. So McDaniels is a guy that does not need to be buried on the bench. Agreed. I'm going to be mad if they bury him. I'm certainly going to be mad if they move on from him without any value coming in return or just wave him to create this Like room. At this point, I do wonder, like, I, I, I do wonder if there are, like, this guy right now is on the outside looking in if we're looking at the 10 deep. That's the first thing. Like, McDaniels needs more time. I would also point out, if your center lineup is P.J. and, and Mason Plumley, if you're talking about making the playoffs, 
I'm sorry, that center rotation isn't good enough. And Kai's not ready. Like, I, Kai's not, like, I don't think that he's anywhere close to ready. I still think there's at least one more deal because you need another legitimate center. I'm not saying it's Miles Turner, but it better be somebody because from what it is right now, like, that's not good enough, Walker. I'm sorry. If you're telling me no, you're it's not. rolling into the season with PJ and Ma- Mason Plumley, like, I'm sorry. It, it, it's a good attempt. And I understand that you're trying to wait for Kai Jones, but it's not good enough. And maybe Vernon Carey changes your mind, but I don't think you can rely on any of those second round centers. Man, who who is the guy? Because if they don't make another move, and even if they do, you you're one injury away, and even just giving some guys some rest, and and we know James Brego has a you know very short leash and a quick trigger to make some wild lineups out there. He started Vernon Carey as a rookie at least a few times, even if it was kind of kind of camouflage to what he was really thinking. You know, he he'd go out there, foul a couple of times, and then PJ would come in and boom, Vernon's not playing again. That happened multiple times. And we actually did get a good offensive performance from him against Brooklyn. But I think Vernon Carey is somebody that just might get a decent amount of minutes next season. Yeah. Like I, I, as far as it stands right that's, now, as far as it stands right now, it'll be too. And I'm just like, yeah. And and this is like to steal, to steal a line from Darren Gant, who works for the Panthers, um, relying on Vernon Carey Jr. to put in some solid minutes isn't a plan. It's a wish. And I like, again, I'm one of those that really likes what Vernon Carey does offensively. (laughs) Defensively, what centers are asked to do are cover the pick and roll, not be a mark on pick and roll, and protect the rim. I don't think Vernon Carey can do both. I don't think he can do one. This team needs a veteran guy to do at least that. And if you're telling me that you're going to bring back Bisbank Biombo, then you guys have failed the assignment. This team needs another center. I, I again, if the goal is playoffs, keyword. If the game is, if the goal is playoffs, cool. Give us a better center to start to, to absorb some of those minutes because right now, I don't really think it's anywhere close to good enough. And I want to, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, look that yeah, the center position ha- has not been upgraded this year, short term despite what James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak had said. It doesn't mean that they didn't address it long-term. Maybe they did with Akai Jones, even though we don't know what position he plays. At least you have size. You have the second tallest standing reach of anybody that was drafted and the third longest uh, standing reach, and JT Thor is more of a four. Um, But Kai Jones can be your five, possibly. We'll see about Vernon Carey. I'm less optimistic about Nick Richards. I really think it's just a matter of time before he's no longer a part of this team's plans. That's how I think it probably plays out. Short term, next year, you can't rely on anybody to provide a real impact as it pertains to winning. One other thing I wanted to get to before we end the show today, it's how much this team has gone all in on internal improvement because they bring in Kelly Oubre. There, there are some nice things about this signing. There are some not so nice things about this signing. However, you know, whatever you choose to believe about it. They still are relying a lot on LaMelo taking a huge step up in his second year. Miles doing that and PJ doing that. Let's focus on those three play. I, I've seen that. It, it, it's the right take, too, by the way. But I, I've seen most Hornets fans, you know, rightfully so say, hey, that they're really relying on internal improvement. And that's OK, you know, for young guys. Right. Like that's OK at times. 
but for all of them to improve, you know, that's, that's not a risk or that that's at, that's not the likely of things to happen where all of them are like, okay, yeah, they ascended big time. I think LaMelo and PJ have the best chances to do so. I just don't think that you can see two years in a row of a massive leap for miles, you yeah. know, like how much better is miles getting? You're, you're probably talking about a bigger role for him early on and then showing that consistency, but it's still not this massive leap that he can take. And, and PJ, all, we got to see PJ finish at the rim a lot better than he did. I think he can, uh, the shooting, the percentage was good. We just need to see the shots, you know, get knocked down at a more consistent rate. So hopefully that can happen. And if Lamelo is going to be a potential superstar, he's got to take a big step up, right? Like that's just kind of the natural progression. Even if improvement isn't linear, you're expecting him to get a lot better within the next couple of years. So you almost expect that to happen. I think miles is the least likely candidate. If we're to talk about those three, as far as taking the big steps, what do you think about the internal improvement and all three of them hitting their chances to do? I don't like, their chances of all three. And also, if we're going to be honest, I don't like that they're relying a lot on book night to carry a decent portion of this bench scoring. I, it's a I, good point. I don't like this. I, I like there's a lot of this. And we knew that this roster was going to be different. We knew that the, there were guarantees in this roster last year in terms of scoring that we knew weren't going to be replicated this year. We warned about it this year. I still like there there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of this bench. And again, we're dropped and I think we haven't even talked about the biggest thing when we talk about improvement or decline is the drop off from Devontae Graham as your sixth man to Ish Smith as your backup point guard. Backup point guard has been a bugaboo for this team for as long as I can remember, except for when Devontae Graham was the bench or Tony Parker was there for one year. Like there's a lot of this that can go wrong that I think we do need to point out now because a lot of this feels shaky as hell. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You are relying a lot on book night and look, I, I want to end on a positive note because man, I, I, what I hate doing is just continuing to harp on the negatives. I, it's just how I feel. Like I can't help it. I, I look at all this and I'm like, man, I, I don't, I don't love it, but there are some positives. I went through some of them with Ubre. Here's the thing about book night, which you brought up as a really good point. You, you are relying a lot on him coming off of the bench. Ubre can help you too, because he's going to come off of the bench as well. He's not starting over Gordon Hayward. He's not starting over a miles bridges, especially after last season. But they did get production and rookie production from Miles Bridges. They did get a really good amount of production from P.J. Washington as a rookie. LaMelo Ball, yes, third overall, big difference from your 11th and 12th overall picks that you had the two previous years. But LaMelo, that speaks for itself. He's the guy that accelerated the timeline. Can it happen again? Can you get lucky four times in a row as far as somebody hitting to some degree and even providing some type of impact as soon as his rookie year. I would say the odds for that aren't great to hit for four times in a row, but there is precedent and it's happened, you know, the, the previous three seasons and, and look, book night is somebody 
as far as scoring the basketball, like it is a nice punch. The dude is really athletic. I think the shot will come along as we look down the line. He is going to be a nice cutter. He's excited as hell to be here. So, you know, that's all that those are all good things to the point where you can believe in book night. And I do to a certain degree. I'm just trying to also temper the expectations because that's a lot to ask for a rookie to have that kind of impact off of the bench when you thought okay Malik and Devontae will help bring him along not anymore you know those guys yeah, are gone no, those guys are gone and at this point like the one th- the one thing I will at least put provide some optimism is you know what at least we get to see book night on Sunday Sunday is our their first game oh that'll be fun and Sunday is their first sun- summer league game we will be live tweeting it. We will be reacting to it, and we'll be able to talk about it on Monday. And if he goes for 35, look, we are going to be super hyped, and we're going to again, we can feel a little bit better. But for right now, I, I, I still got we still got questions, man. We still got questions. It's okay. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Laurie Markinen. Uh, I I would really like that if there's any way to make that happen. That would be fun to see. Uh, you know, a three year. Uh, deal for him getting included in a sign and trade. We'll see some of these things become official. We're recording and we're finishing up at about 1120. So all of these moves, you can start to make these things official at 12 o'clock today. So really in 40 minutes, we decided to give you an early podcast to try to give you the content beforehand. We can talk about some of the official details coming through next, uh, next podcast as well, but there are things to like, look, I will end on positive Kelly Oubre is athletic. There are going to be plenty of dunks, for all of you people that like the slammy jams, you are going to have Ubre, Miles Bridges, the League Pass team. It is for real. You only enhance your Lob City mantra that has since been brought from LA to this to the Queen City. That's all really fun, um, and and there are some ways that this works for sure. Uh, it, it's just it's just a weird way to have navigated. It's not anything that I saw happening for the Charlotte Hornets team to not address the center spot anywhere still losing a Bismack and still losing a Cody Zeller, losing both of your backcourt guys. It's just not what I expected, but there are certainly some ways that it works and, uh, and we'll see how it continues, especially because the off season is not done yet. Could be a trade on the horizon. Also could be Lori on the horizon, potentially somebody else like that. All right, I'm done. We'll end it there. We'll talk about some of the details that come through tomorrow. Tomorrow, That's the Lockdown we ain't working podcast. on Saturday. What are you talking about? We t- we talking Monday, not tomorrow. That's true. Monday, Monday, Walker. <laughs> it's, it's so true. You, I've never heard you enunciate a word more in your life than you just did Monday to make it very clear to me. I will not be here tomorrow. It's a fair I'm point. Magic Johnson uh, right now. I'm that Magic Magic Johnson. Me, I ain't gonna be yeah. here. <laughs> I ain't going to be here. Yes. Thank you, Nada. I appreciate that. Uh, I also appreciate Built Bar for supporting the show. And I appreciate you, the listener, for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Monday.